And welcome to another edition of Queued Up. It is Friday, February 10th, 2023. So excited to be with you on this Friday morning when I'm recording this. But thank you so much for listening whenever you do throughout the day on Friday or even this weekend. I really just do appreciate the support. It's been a while. It's been about a week and a half since I was able, since I've been able to record this podcast just because I got sick early this week and everything just didn't line up. So now I'm feeling better. I'm a little stuffy, but I'm feeling better and I'm super excited to talk about the Super Bowl. A lot has happened in the NBA, maybe some baseball as well, but um, Super Bowl Sunday right around the corner with the Chiefs and the Eagles, but I want to start with what happened in the NBA. I haven't really talked a lot of basketball, but I think with what happened this past week, it warrants talking about Big week in the NBA. If you didn't know, yesterday was the trade deadline, and a lot of trades even happened before that. The Knicks got involved, but the story of the deadline is what the Brooklyn Nets did, trading Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant after four years together. They are officially done. KD is in Phoenix. Kyrie is in Dallas. And to be honest, the Nets actually got a pretty decent haul in return. They got a lot of first-round picks. A lot of second-round picks, and they got some players that they can build around. Granted, they're not superstar players. Like they didn't, the Brooklyn Nets didn't get back DeAndre Ayton. I thought they were gonna get at least Ayton back from the Phoenix Suns, but instead they got Michael Bridges and Cam Johnson, two really good players. Yes, but they're not superstars. They're more role players on championship teams. And the Brooklyn Nets also got back Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith from the Dallas Mavericks for Kyrie Irving, along with a lot of first-round picks. But remember, the Brooklyn Nets do not have their own first-round picks for years to come because they traded them to Houston, but they do have other first-round picks, other teams' first-round picks, like Dallas's and now um, Phoenix's. So they do have a lot of draft picks. They have a lot of players that they can build around now for the future. And to be honest, I actually think this new Brooklyn Nets team is going to be fun to watch for these Brooklyn Nets fans because, yes, it's not KD. Yes, it's not Kyrie, but it's a collection of young talent. And there is some potential on this team right now with Cam Thomas. And then, of course, the youngsters that they just got from the Suns, Bridges, and Johnson. Uh, Claxton, who they really love, the center. And I think this team this team is going to be pretty good. They're not great. They're not going to be a top three or top four seed in the East, but they'll probably be in the play-in. They'll probably make the playoffs, and they'll do all right. This team reminds me of the team that they had before Kyrie Irving and before Kevin Durant, the team that they were building, the culture that they were building before attracting KD and Kyrie. But I think this team is even better. Spencer Dinwiddie was on this team before. He's now back on this team. He's a veteran. It's a few years after that. And I think that the team that they have around these players, the role players that they have, are better. I think the Nets, in the long term, are definitely better off. Look, KD was not going to finish his career with the Brooklyn Nets, especially after Kyrie Irving requested and got his trade approved. So it was going to end like this either way for Brooklyn Nets fans. But um, the sad part is for the Nets is that they're going to be back to irrelevancy. 
the Knicks are back to being maybe not the talk of the town, but definitely more relevant than the Brooklyn Nets are just because it's the Knicks. A lot of people love the Knicks. There are not really that many fans compared to Knicks fans in New York. So from that perspective, yes, it sucks. But I think Nets fans do have reason to be optimistic that this saga is finally over. I think they realized late last year or maybe even early last year that this was just not going to work. They were not going to win a championship. doesn't matter who they have on their team. It just wasn't going to work. So I think the Nets did a really good job not doubling down trading Kyrie Irving when he requested it, and trading Kevin Durant. I think even if they went through this year with Durant, it probably would have ended in a breakup anyway. So Kevin Durant is gone. Kyrie Irving is gone. The Nets are back to irrelevancy. And for Knicks fans, yeah, I mean, you got to be happy. I'm a Knicks fan. I was happy when Kyrie Irving requested his trade because that was the final nail in the coffin for me. I thought that as long as Kyrie Irving and as long as Kevin Durant were on this Brooklyn Nets team, I thought they had a chance. And at the beginning of the year, when I talked a little bit about basketball on this podcast, I thought the Nets were going to be um, one of these title contenders. I thought they were going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, competing with the Bucks, competing with the Celtics, and they had a really good chance at going to the Finals. And there was a point last month where the Brooklyn Nets were winning seemingly every game. And it looked like they were on their way to at least getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. But then basically out of nowhere, Kyrie Irving requests that he gets traded. And this is the new NBA. This is what happens in the NBA. The players have tons of control. And once a player is not happy in Brooklyn or in whatever town or city they're in, they get traded. And what's crazy, too, is that Kyrie, his introductory press conference in Dallas, said that he didn't like getting mistreated. He didn't like the way that he was uh, disrespected in Brooklyn. But he's the one that signed the contract to stay in Brooklyn, even after he was disrespected, even after the whole COVID vaccine thing, even after he left the bubble. He still chose to re-sign with the Brooklyn Nets for one year. He opted in to his player option in his contract to stay in Brooklyn. If it was so bad in Brooklyn, why stay in Brooklyn for this year? That's what I don't get. And, I mean, you can point to that as being a fraud. Kyrie Irving, absolute fraud. Durant, you really can't blame him. The stuff that he went through, he wanted a trade at the beginning of the year. The Nets somehow convinced him to stay, and I think Kyrie getting traded was the final nail in the coffin for him. Good for KD. He got out, but um, and now the Phoenix Suns look like they're the, the, they're the team to beat in the West, without a doubt. Better than the Warriors. There really wasn't a team that stood out in the West, but now it's the Phoenix Suns, and I would probably predict a Phoenix Suns versus Boston Celtics NBA Finals, and that would be and that would be just an amazing NBA Finals. But elsewhere, I did talk about the Knicks. They made a trade. They got Josh Hart. Doesn't really put them over the top. I probably would have preferred them trading Julius Randle. I mean, the way that they're constructed right now, they're not going to make the NBA Finals, kind of like the Brooklyn Nets. The way that they're constructed right now, they don't have a superstar in their team, and superstars win games in the NBA. 
There are only five players on the court at once, and you need at least one or two to be superstars. The Nets right now, they don't have a superstar. They did, but they traded him. And once you trade them, that basically blows up any chance you have at winning an NBA title or even getting far in the NBA playoffs. And the Knicks are in the same spot. They don't have a superstar. The closest thing they have to a superstar is Julius Randle. And maybe you can put Jalen Brunson in that conversation too. But Julius Randle is coming off the of first half of the season, which he played extremely well. I think he averaged 24 points, almost a double-double. He's an all-star, and I think the Knicks should have traded him. His stock is never going to be higher than it is right now, and he's had such a tumultuous time here in New York that it made sense for the Knicks to trade him because they're not winning an NBA title with Julius Randle. And if you can get back a couple first-round picks, maybe a young player to build around from a contending team that's willing to overpay for Julius Randle, then yes, that makes tons of sense. But it doesn't really make sense to keep Randle. Maybe he plays all right for the rest of the year, but the Knicks probably at best are a play-in team. Maybe a sixth seed if they play really well. But after they make the, after they make the playoffs, they're going to be done in the first round. There's no way that they're going to advance past the likes of Philly or Boston or one of the top teams in the East. So it just doesn't make sense to try and contend when you have no chance at contending. In the NBA, you either want to be a really good team or a really bad team. If you're in the middle, that's called NBA purgatory. And that's one of the worst spots to be in because you get a low draft pick. It's probably going to be around 10 or 11. And in the NBA draft, you want to get those top picks because most of the time, the NBA draft is very top heavy. So if you have a top two or three pick, then you're good. But as you get deeper, as you get to 10, 11, 12, 13, those players that are Superstar players are tougher and tougher and tougher to find. So it sucks being a Knicks fan, seeing them like this. I would have traded Randall. They didn't, and they were actually talking with the Chicago Bulls about possibly getting Zach Levine, which totally didn't make any sense. Even if they did get Levine, they'd probably have to give up one of their young players that I really like, either Quentin Grimes or Emmanuel Quickly. And even if they did get Levine, pair him with Randall and... Brunson, it they, they still doesn't put them over the top. So that's why it didn't make any sense. Plus, Levine is owed like $50 million for the next four years. There's no way that's happening. There's no way that made any sense. I don't know why the Knicks even were rumored to get Levine at that point. Let's see. Other moves around the NBA. There were a bunch of other trades that happened in the NBA. Nothing really too big. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers did trade Patrick Beverly. And they, they got better with the players that they added. So good job by Rob Palinka and the entire L.A. Lakers front office. LeBron James, this past week, he did surpass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the NBA's leading scorer all time. So congratulations to LeBron James. A lot of stuff happened in the NBA this past week. So it was really fun. The trade deadline is especially fun just because a lot of stuff happened during the trade deadline generally. And... Um, also in the offseason, that's when the NBA is really fun. But this past week was really fun in the NBA. Now it's back to being irrelevant until the playoffs come around, especially the week that we have the Super Bowl. It's right around the corner, a few days away, and the Chiefs, Eagles, the line has stayed the same. 
the Eagles minus one and a half. I think it opened as a pick 'em, and then the Eagles kind of edged their way, and it's really just stayed at minus one and a half. And I think that's about right. I'll get to my picks in just a little bit, but just a little bit about this game. The biggest story going in is going to be Patrick Mahomes and his high ankle sprain. Is he going to be 100%? And by all accounts, Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs, they say that he's okay. Patrick Mahomes looks like he's playing really well in practice, playing 100% or close to it. So personally, I think he's going to be okay as well. For the Eagles, looks like they're going to be pretty healthy. I mean, they've had two weeks. Both teams obviously benefit greatly from having these two weeks in between the Super Bowl and the championship games. So I don't really expect injuries to play a factor. Just another note about the Super Bowl, too. Last night, it was reported that the Super Bowl face value to get in for the tickets is 40% less than when they started this past week. So the face value just to get in to the Super Bowl this year was $5,000. It is now dropped as of last night to 3000 It might have dropped even more than that, but that's a 40% decrease from week over week in the face value of a ticket, which is crazy. It's still not affordable. Like The average person is still not going to be able to go, but I think it's pretty noteworthy. 40% decrease in the ticket value, and I guess that's what happens. I I I haven't really been in tune with Super Bowl tickets and how they perform as we get closer, but I mean, 40% is big. And on top of that, they had the... The waste management open. It's kind of crazy that they scheduled a humongous golf tournament and the Super Bowl in the same weekend, basically at the same venue. So it's kind of crazy, but um, a lot of people in Phoenix, that Monday morning airport in Phoenix, I don't know what the Phoenix airport is called, but that's got to be just absolute mayhem that morning flight out. I mean, I can't even imagine people coming back from the Super Bowl people coming back from the golf tournament. I mean, that is just going to be absolute chaos. And I am glad that I am not there. But it is the Super Bowl. And I think it's about time for the picks. Let's just usher in the music now. I didn't do too well picking these playoffs. But I do have a really good feeling about this pick for the Super Bowl. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Chiefs are actually given a point and a half. Can you imagine that? Patrick Mahomes, even on the bum ankle, is given a point and a half. I get it. I get the Eagles are one of the best teams in the regular season that we've ever seen. They blew out all these teams in the playoffs, the Giants and the 49ers. But I think... Patrick Mahomes, 100%. The ankle is not a factor. You have one of the best tight ends in NFL history. The Chiefs are going to win this game. I think it's going to be a 31-24 game. It'll be a relatively high-scoring game. The Chiefs will win. I think one thing that really worries me, if I was rooting for the Eagles, would be just the lack of competition that they have had in their playoff games. Like, when's the last time that they actually played, like, a real game that they had to play a full 60 minutes for? It's been a while. Like, I can't even remember the last time that happened. They had a bye in that first round of the playoffs. They totally earned that, which is fine. And then the second week, they played the Giants. That game was over by the end of the first quarter. I think we all can admit that. Uh, Jalen Hurts didn't have to overexert himself. 
He didn't throw it deep down the field like an NFL quarterback should. Granted, he didn't have to, but I think that's going to come back to bite them now. It's been like a month since Jalen Hurts actually had to try in an NFL game, and now he really does in the Super Bowl with all this pressure on him. I think that I think that counts for something. And then, of course, the 49ers, yeah, Brock Purdy come out in the first quarter, and Josh Johnson, he actually leads a touchdown drive, but after that, they don't have anyone to throw the football. They literally didn't attempt to throw in the second half, it seemed like. So the Eagles didn't have to really try, and I think that's really going to come back to bite them now when they have to play the Chiefs for a full 60 minutes. Patrick Mahomes, you can never count him out. He will be down two touchdowns or three touchdowns. He'll come back. He will come back on you in a blink because that Chiefs offense can really score the football. So I think that is one factor that really worries me. I think if you're looking at factors that worry the Chiefs, it's just going to be going up against this defensive line. And we know that the defensive lines have have given the Chiefs' offensive line a little bit of a difficult time. Remember the Super Bowl a couple years ago with the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers had one of the best front sevens in NFL history, and that really gave Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs' offensive line a lot of trouble. They struggled a lot. They got sacked a lot. Um, Patrick Mahomes was constantly under pressure, and I think this Eagles defensive line kind of resembles that. So that kind of worries me, but it's also the same coaching staff for the Chiefs, and they know how to handle that. And Patrick Mahomes, of course, three years um, older. He's more of a veteran now, knows how to recognize the pressure, and I think that's going to help out the Chiefs. So the Super Bowl experience from a few years ago, that's going to help out the Chiefs when they go up against this star-studded defensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I am taking the Kansas City Chiefs. I tend to go with the better quarterback in these types of games, especially when the teams are pretty balanced. I know the Eagles might have a better team top to bottom, but when you have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey on one end, and then on the defensive side, let's not forget, Chris Jones is a very good player, defensive end for the Kansas City Chiefs. They paid him a ton of money a few years ago, and I think that was probably the best decision that they have made, um, and that that's even counting keeping Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years. That's even counting re-signing Mahomes and re-signing Travis Kelsey. I think Chris Jones and the value that he adds to this Kansas City Chiefs defense is irreplaceable. You take off Chris Jones and this defense probably goes to one of the worst defenses in all of football. But you have Chris Jones there. He rushes the quarterback. He stops the run. He is a very good player. And I think even though we do talk about him a lot, I think he is extremely, extremely underrated. Look for him to disrupt the passer, maybe not get a sack of Jalen Hurts, but definitely influence Hurts because what we've seen this year, when Hurts is under pressure, he does throw errant footballs and he does get a little flustered. His feet kind of get a little happy feet and he can't really throw the football accurately. So if that happens, I think this is going to be a game that the Chiefs do win. And I think in the end, they will win 31-24 is the final score that I'm going to be going with. Give me the Chiefs plus the one and a half. So enjoy the football game on Sunday. Enjoy golf. I think the golf actually ends on Saturday. So enjoy the Waste Management Open. And I will be back on Monday to recap everything that there is to know about this past weekend. And of course, going to spend the bulk of the time on Super Bowl Sunday. So enjoy the Super Bowl. I'll be back on Monday. See you soon.